0: Hey there, my name is Jackie and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Remember to visit homeschoolthinktank.com to learn more about how we serve homeschooling families. Also, if you check the link in the show notes below, you can get more information about anything that is mentioned in this episode. I hope you enjoy this episode about homeschooling and parenting and be sure to check in on Mondays for our episode that is all about mindset. Today's podcast episode is a replay of an interview I did with marriage expert Ron Price and he is the author of the Play Nice in Your Sandbox series. He has a master's degree in counseling and has been helping couples with their marriage for over 20 years. Now I want to suggest that you listen to this episode whether you're married or not because the tips that he shares in this interview are outstanding And you can apply these strategies to any relationship. So while the focus is on marriage, really the suggestions that he gives are applicable to any relationship. Now, I want to let you know that when I recorded this interview back in March or April of 2020, just as the pandemic was hitting the world, I was less experienced using Zoom back then, and my audio was not good. So I had to go in and redo all of my audio parts, which today I would not do that. I would just ask to re-interview somebody, but it's what I did then, and it is an excellent interview. So you'll hear a little bit of a difference between my voice and his in the sound quality, but I just wanted to acknowledge that. So I really hope that you enjoy this interview. His books are available, check the link in the show notes below, and I have linked to all three of his books that he currently has published as I'm re-releasing this episode. You never know, he may publish more in the future. And I want to mention that way back before I ever met Ron, like 15 years ago, I used to read his newspaper column that was about marriage every single week. Who knows, maybe his advice has made an impact, as I've been married for over 20 years now. He is outstanding at what he does, and if you're ever looking for a speaker at a conference, he might be your guy. Enjoy this episode.
1: You know, one point I want to make, Jackie, the marriage column is how you know me, but actually I like to think in terms of relationships. Marriage is one form of relationship, but so is whatever you you have with your coworkers, with your children, with your brothers and sisters, with other family, extended family members, it's not relationships and and it's interesting as you read the play nice in your sandbox at work, some of those columns are gonna come back to you because Ah. what I did was I took those five years worth of columns, pulled out some that I thought were relevant, had relevant application to the workplace And I just repurposed them, I think is what it's called. I changed some of the illustrations, some of the verbiage, but yeah, that, that play nice in your sandbox at work is, is largely drawn from my column on marriage because again, relationships are relationships.
0: So tell us about your acronyms. I know you've got the CPR acronym for conflict prevention, resolution, and your book. So do you want to talk about that, Ron?
1: What what I what I was hoping we could focus on, Jackie, is is dealing with difficult people and difficult situations. Especially as we're recording this, we're right in the throes of the corona catastrophe. I don't even want to call it a virus. It's a it's a catastrophe. It is it has just thrown everybody's life way upside down and we don't know when it's going to end and, and difficult situations like that, especially now that people are, are being encouraged, if not ordered to to shelter in place, stay at home, that's going to lend itself to more conflict, more stress, more strain on the relationship. And I'm just concerned about people. So what I was hoping to do today is, is just share some basic tips to deal with those difficult situations in a way that preserves the integrity of the relationship. We're going to get through this. Let's get through it together. Sound okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds just fine, Ron. And that's actually exactly why I wanted to have you on the podcast and talk about marriage because with the coronavirus pandemic, it it really has thrown people's lives just totally out of routine. And I know so many homeschooling parents are now their spouses now working from home um if they even have a job right so there are, and there are a lot of changes and I know some people might think well as homeschooling families not much has changed oh yeah a lot has changed for us because Even for us, our children are usually enrolled in homeschool activities and we're getting out and doing things and now we're home all the time or a lot more than we were and your spouse is likely at home now. You may also have the stress of having lost income and I can tell you years ago my husband started working from home and you know this was a good situation for us. But it was a lot of adjustment and it was very difficult for me and I'm sure it was for him as well to get used to being in the house together all day long because for years before that he had been gone for eight to ten hours a day and now he was home but I'm still homeschooling the kids and you know at the time my kids were little. And so keeping them quiet was not that easy. And he was trying to work from home. So I know parents are facing a lot of challenges. And I think what you, I think you have a lot of great insight to help families get through this time and to help them keep their marriages intact. So and you know, your marriage really is so important for your kids as a homeschooling parent. Because when you have that foundation, and you've you can have a a good environment for your kids to learn in, and if your marriage isn't solid, it can make it difficult for everybody.
1: So let's move on, Jackie. We've got the we've got the front part of our brain called the frontal lobe. It's the command center of the brain. It's the seat of logic and reason and rationale and thought. And Jackie, when we and your listeners are functioning out of our frontal lobe. By definition, we're going to make rational decisions. At least they seem rational to us at the time. We also have an emotional part of our brain. It's called the deep limbic system or the amygdala, the seat of emotions. If you're happy, you're sad, you're frustrated, you're excited, that's a different part of the brain that is in operation. And what can happen to us as human beings, any of us, is we can get so upset about something, so agitated, so irritated we will literally shut down the thinking part of our brain get smack dab in that emotional brain and Jackie when that happens all bets are off that's where road rage happens that's where going postal happens that's where it's called emotional hijacking that your emotions hijack your thought process and again when that happens we're, we're capable of of doing things later on we'll go what was i thinking well the answer is you weren't thinking at that moment you were just feeling so with your permission i'd like to share a few thoughts about how people can stay in the thinking brain would that be helpful oh absolutely and i do think
0: with the coronavirus that more people are going to that irrational side of their brain there are more triggers right now
1: right more triggers and that emotional brain is is the pain center of our brain too? every every memory that you have of a difficult situation a situation where you were scared or or felt inadequate or or afraid whatever you were hurting that's in the emotional brain so when we access that part of the brain yeah that's that's where we're coming from a a a, a part of of pain in our in our lives and we're not going to be at our best by definition so here's a couple of thoughts this can, this can go to work or any place else as well. But if you and a family member are starting to get upset with each other, your voices are starting to rise, the tension is starting to rise, the friction's getting a little hotter, call a timeout. Call a timeout. Now, you've got to do it the right way, though. you got to do it the right way. What happens in so many homes is one person, often the male but not always, will just get exasperated and just say, timeout and storm off. That is a horrible thing to do. It's a horrible thing to do. The the other person is going, well, are you ever going to come back? Are we ever going to talk about this? While while the person may be rejecting the argument, the person left behind is, well, are they rejecting me? Are they rejecting the relationship? So here's, here's what your listeners need to know. Whoever calls the time out must schedule the time in. This is timeout, not cop out. Jackie, if you and I are, are, have a close relationship and mm-hmm. you want to talk to me about something, I have the right to say, I will not talk to you about it right now. I do not have the right to say, I will never talk about it. Again, if we're in a close relationship, if it's an important issue to you, it better be an important issue to me as well.
0: So what you're saying is in a close relationship, if the other person wants to have the conversation, I can say, not right now, let's do it a little later, but I better have the conversation. Now, I don't necessarily have to do that with everybody. But if it's important enough to say my husband, it better be that important to me too.
1: You can say, I can't talk to you right now, but I'll tell you what, give me an hour and let's get together then or let's, you know, let's say five o'clock or after dinner, after the kids are in bed, whatever, let's, let's schedule a time where we're going to talk where we're both calm. We're in our thinking brains, not our emotional brains, and we can have an effective conversation. You may need to learn the speaker-listener technique or proactive listening. We don't, we don't have time to get into that right now, but, but again, whoever calls the time out, Must let the other person know it's timeout, not cop-out. We will talk about it, just not right now. Now, Jackie, there's two things that you can say to another adult when you call a timeout. You can say, I need a timeout, or we need a timeout. What should you never say to another adult? You need a timeout, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) they will find out how much they do, I promise you. Say, you know what, I'm not in the right frame of mind right now. If we try to converse right now, it's not going to go well. I need a timeout, please.
0: I think that since we're talking about homeschooling families here, that really you could apply that same principle with your children. So maybe instead of telling your child, you need a timeout, you could say, I need a timeout or we need a timeout it's more respectful to your child what do you think
1: i i think that's totally right and i i wouldn't even say to a child at that point i wouldn't say you need a timeout i would own it you're modeling for them you're teaching them a huge lesson that's going to serve them well in their future relationships you can just say you know what we're both upset right now if we try to talk we're liable to say something we don't want to say or do something we don't want to do let's take a time out. let's get back together, and we'll talk about it at this time, typically within 24 hours. Give, your, give yourself about 30 minutes to calm down. You know, all the cortisol and adrenaline and all those systems are hypercharged. Give yourself about 30 minutes to calm down at least, no more than 24 hours, and, and pick a time where you are going to talk about it.
0: Let's say with even a very young child, you could say, we need a time out and maybe they go in their room for five or 10 minutes and even 15 minutes later you have a discussion with them because you don't want to wait that long with a, a young child but i think that could be effective still
1: but again i think you can model for a young child you can talk to them depending on they've got to have mastery of the english language But you can say, you know what, again, we're both too upset right now and I love you so much. I don't wanna say the wrong thing to you. I don't wanna hurt you. So I need a timeout. And now why don't you go think about what just happened and we're gonna talk about it later. So you're giving them chance to maybe come to their own conclusion that they messed up. I think that's another advantage to calling the timeout rather than addressing it. Some situations, come on, you gotta address right then Many can probably wait, I would think. What do you think?
0: I would say that depends on the age of the child. For younger kids, I think that the situation needs to be addressed fairly quickly and resolved very simply and plainly. The the younger the child, the more plain it needs to be. With older kids, I think it can wait a little bit longer, but even with my kids, I would prefer to resolve something the same day. And my 15-year-old, it could maybe wait for the next day, but really, I prefer to have everybody go to bed with things resolved. Of course, if something happens at the end of the day, it's a good call to just say, we're tired, head to bed, and we'll talk about this tomorrow, but... Overall, I prefer to end the day on a good note, I suppose.
1: You know, and again, you said a couple of things that I like right there. You can't say timeout in anger. You've got to be in, you've got to calm down and gently say, for the sake of our relationship, let's both agree to take a timeout and we'll talk about it later. My wife and I, for years, have had a nine o'clock timeout rule. We know if it gets to be nine o'clock, we're tired, we're stressed, we're not at our best, it's not gonna go well. At a timeout rule, we'll deal with this tomorrow. And Jackie, it's incredible. How many times I'll wake up in the morning going, what was that all about? Do you know what I'm saying? A good night's rest will cure a lot of ills where if we had stayed and tried to hash it out and it would have yeah. cost us a night's rest, it wouldn't have gone well. So timeouts. A lot of times you will say, you know what? I'm sorry about last night. If we need to talk about it more, that's fine. But I, I think I was wrong and I hope you'll forgive me. That's all.
0: Yeah. You know, my husband and I, we have a, we have a pretty good relationship. And just the other night we were heading to bed and we were tired and cranky and we just, we just stopped. We went to bed and the next morning I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was like that. You know, because I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, And yeah, and it was over. It was over. There was nothing to argue about the next morning. But we could have just as easily engaged and gotten into it. And what good would have that done? None. None. So it was better to just go to bed and get up fresh the next day. And there was nothing to argue about.
1: We were just tired. Do you ever get a car flooded, Jackie?
0: Oh, yeah. I drove a 1976 Bonneville in my college days. Yeah, I
1: know about flooding vehicles. When a car was flooded, what was the only remedy?
0: Well, for me, Ron, I put a screwdriver
1: in the choke
0: and would let it get some air. My stepdad taught me how to do that. So that's how I fixed the flooding vehicle. But Otherwise, you'd
1: probably just wait, right? For most normal people, the only remedy was to sit and wait. If you keep cranking the key, you're going to kill the battery of the starter. If you keep putting more gas in, you're making the situation worse. When two people are in their emotional brain, one researcher describes it as being flooded. Your emotions flood out your thought process. And if you keep turning the key and giving it more gas, you're not going to make it better. You're just yeah. not gonna make it better. Call the timeout, you'll be glad you did. I got one more when you're ready for it. Of a, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> this one I learned from Tom and Bev Rogers, their counselors back in Charlotte, North Carolina. I used to go to a marriage conference every year for eight or nine years and they were always presenters. I was just a sponge. I was just, I was just soaking in so much knowledge, so much good information. They tell a story. Well, let let me back up. They teach a a concept that anger is a secondary emotion. You are never angry just because you're angry. There's an underlying reason why you're angry. And so if you can identify what that underlying reason is, probably going to be able to do something about your anger. So what they teach is when you're angry, grab your thumb. Your thumb's kind of an anchor. Look at your fingers and think, why am I angry? What should I do about this? Again, the thumb is an anchor. But by looking at your fingers and thinking, asking yourself, all right, what's going on? What do I want to do? Jackie, you're forcing yourself out of your emotional brain back into your thinking brain, from which by definition, you're going to make a more logical, rational, sane, and appropriate decision. So let me illustrate this for you and your listeners. I love this story. It's one of the favorites of all time for me. Tom and Bev Rogers tell about a couple they were, they were coaching counseling. He was six foot plenty, she was five foot barely, and he had a problem with anger. And he would come home from work and just get all upset. Why isn't dinner ready? Why isn't the house picked up? Why are the kids a mess? On and on, it didn't matter. He let his anger come out his mouth. Well, finally, she had enough of that. She said, we're going to counseling. And he said, okay. So at counseling, the Rogers taught him what I just shared with you, that anger is a secondary emotion. You're never angry just because you're angry. Grab your thumb, look at your fingers and think, why am I angry? He said, okay, I'll try it. And Jackie, it worked. It worked. For the next several months, whenever he was upset, he'd grab his thumb, look at his fingers, think, and make the right decision. Well, several months go by. He comes home one day, and his 15-year-old daughter greets him at the door and says, Dad, can we go for a drive? He had a shiny sports car. She had a learner's permit. (laughs) <laughs> Said, all right, sweetheart, here are the keys to the car. Go start it, but don't move it. I'll be right out. Jackie, be honest with me. You give the keys to a car to a 15 year old girl, you tell her to start it, but not move it. What is she liable to do? She just might move it. She just might, and in this case, she did. Yeah. Turn over the brick mailbox. Oh. Dad heard the commotion, came running outside, instantly sized up the situation instantly started to feel anger. The daughter jumps out of the car and yells, dad, quick, grab your thumb. <laughs> Stay with me on this. Stay with me on this. I love this, Jackie. And I want your listeners to apply this, please. Uh-huh. He, grabbed his thumb. he grabbed his thumb. He calmly walked over to his daughter and he said, sweetheart, there are going to be some consequences for what just happened here you willfully disobeyed me. You're going to pay to fix the car. You're going to pay to fix the mailbox. And your mom and I are going to talk about when you'll be driving again. He said, but I want you to know this. You are my daughter. You are far more valuable, precious, and special to me than any car or mailbox. I love you. Come here. And he gave her a father's reassuring. Yeah. Jackie, I love that story. Do you think Do you think that daughter had a clue that maybe she had messed up? Do you think she needed a lecture at that point about why you shouldn't drive daddy's car into and over a brick mailbox? I think
0: the mailbox was a pretty good clue. (laughs) I think it was a pretty good clue.
1: At that moment, as vulnerable, as scared, as upset as she was, she needed her father's reassuring hug that while she had messed up, she was not a mess up. He still loved her and it was going to be okay. And by grabbing his thumb, He was able to respond rather than react with the tongue lashing. Don't you love that story? I do love it. I do love it. I'd like to share this
0: story with you about a time when I was getting a a little too upset, a little too easily, a little too quickly. And I actually got this idea when I was reading High Performance Habits. And I know you are familiar with Brendan Burchard. Because uh, you're a high performance coach. And so what I did is I did a visualization and I wrote this note down and I put it on my fridge and then set set an alarm to go off three times a day at certain times of the day. It seemed like there were certain times of the day that I was more prone to getting angry than other times of the day. And it said, dandelion. So yes, a little yellow dandelion. A little fuzzy dandelions. Anyway, so nobody in my family knew what this sticky note meant. And sometimes my kids would see my alarm go off, and then they would be like, Mom, why does your phone say dandelion? So nobody knew what it meant then. And my kids now, my, my kids know, that, know now. And actually, I have resolved this issue. It's not an issue for me anymore. So I had this sticky note that says dandelion. I had the alarm. And what it would do is it would take me back to when I was a child. And I would be going. Blowing on these dandelions and little fuzzies. and The joy I felt in the moment. And so it. It. I know it sounds silly and hokey, but it worked, and I don't have this problem anymore. I am calm and cool and hadn't always and I hadn't always had this problem. I had just had so much stress during a time frame that I was just getting angry too easily and I think a lot of people could be getting too angry too easily right now because there's a lot of stress during this coronavirus pandemic. So uh, if you guys find yourself feeling like you're getting a little too stressed, a little too angry, a little too easily, think of dandelions. Does, I mean, doesn't the dandelion bring everybody joy as a child?
1: Exactly right, Jackie, I'm so glad you shared that story. And I mean this. I'm going to tell you why. I okay. left out an important part of the time out that you just reminded me. And let's talk about it now. Okay. Every family needs a time-out signal that everybody knows what it means. It means time-out for a set period of time, an established period of time. I, was, I did a marriage, a wedding rather, for a couple, and I did their premarital preparation. So I, get, I, I guided them through several sessions, and I taught them the time-out concept. I said, now, before we come back next week, I want to know what your time-out signal is. So they came in next week. And my first question was, what is your timeout signal? They said, red. I said, red? Yeah, redirect emotional distress. I said, I love it. I said, how about if I tweak that just a little bit for myself? How about code red? Danger. Danger. Code red, 30. Timeout for 30 minutes. Code red, two o'clock. Code red, five o'clock. So it's a built-in timeout signal that establishes when the time in will occur i had another couple you'll like this one very similar to yours their timeout signal was pineapples i said pineapples they said yeah it makes us laugh great so you you hit it dandelion could be a wonderful one that the whole family knows and any family member can call dandelion pineapple code red whatever the signal is any family member can call it but they have to say, hey, how about if we talk at three o'clock? What do you got?
0: Well, actually, while I initially did this just for me, you know, there were those times when my alarm would go off and the girls would see dandelion on my phone and they'd be like, mom, what's that mean? What's that mean? And for a long time, I didn't tell them. But eventually I did tell them. And I, I actually can't even think of a time they've had to say the word dandelion anytime recently but there were a few times where they would be they'd see me getting like a little bit flustered and they would be like dandelion mom dandelion (laughs) so it really did work it was helpful
1: all right so let's let's close with this because again that's a perfect segue jackie thank you what you did with dandelion is you get back into your thinking brain dandelion reminds you i don't want to go off on somebody that i love i don't want to tear into them and and call them all sorts of names i don't want to do anything that's going to hurt their relationship dandelion gets you back under control thinking about it so let me let me close with this i think we're getting near the end i i read a blog post every week or so i'm fairly faithful with that i wrote one a few weeks ago on be disruptive, be disruptive. And it fits very well with what we're talking about. I started it off by saying, as a child, I got into a lot of trouble by being disruptive, but now as an adult, I'm recommending that you be disruptive. And what I'm teaching here, let's say that you're having a dispute with your teenager. They're upset about something, you're upset, it's it's not going well, at any point, as quick as you think of it, just say, oh, time out, time out, hold on, hold on, hold on. I all of a sudden have a hankering for an ice cream cone. How about if we drive down and get us an ice cream cone and we talk about this on the way? You're disrupting the cycle. So it's similar to a time out, but different. You're still going to talk about it right then, but under a different scenario. So you're changing the dynamics of it. You and your spouse are into a baby, however you did better. just say, you know what, hold on, hold on. I I think I need some fresh air. How about if we go for a walk and we we talk about this on the way? You're disrupting the cycle. Hopefully you get outside and then you can say, All right, now listen, we need to understand each other. You go first. Talk to me respectfully, please. Talk to me in a way that I can understand you. That's all I want to do right now. I want to understand your point of view. And then hopefully after I've done that, you'll be willing to listen to me and I can share my point of view. That's the speaker listener technique that I was alluding to. I wrote about that some point back too. I think it's on my website.
0: I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast episode with author Ron Price. Again, remember to check the link in the show notes below and you can find all of Ron's books and information should you ever want to get in touch with him as a speaker or in any other capacity. Live and learn your way. My name is Jackie and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast and share it with a friend. Remember to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank parenting podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com.